What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Victoria Brown. Welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. Today, I have the honor and pleasure of having Anthony Trucks on the podcast. He is our guest today. So he is a foster kid uh, who turned NFL athlete and serial entrepreneur. Um, And his life mission now is helping people kind of sort through their personal identities and to make shift happen in their lives, as he calls it, make shift happen. He has a specific method called the shift method. Um, and Anthony Trucks is really just kind of devoting his life uh, to helping people feel unstuck um, and helping people learn how to shift their identities and shift their mindset uh, permanently. So he shares so many tools on how to do that, how to make things happen in your life. And so if you're someone who feels like you are stuck in any way, uh, this episode is definitely going to be for you. Um, he's overcome a lot in his life to get to where he is. And uh, he's got a brand new book out called The Identity Shift or Identity Shift. Uh, and he's just an all-around inspirational guy. Um, but who isn't? I only have inspirational people on this podcast. That is a prerequisite to being a guest on this podcast. Um, I just try to find people who I believe will inspire my listeners. And so I think that Anthony Trucks will be absolutely no different. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, you guys. I have Anthony Trucks on the podcast today. And... Uh, yeah, to say I'm excited about this episode is an understatement, to be honest. Um, I'm super thrilled and honored to have you on today. And we're going to talk all things identity and we're going to talk all things, you know, uh, very best self. So uh, let's let's get into it. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited too. Yeah. So I'm a life coach myself. And so one of my uh, life coaching students or clients or whatever you want to call it, um, they were recently uh, in Portland and heard you speak. And oh, yeah? T-Town? She text, yeah. She texts <laughs> yeah. me immediately. And she's like, you got to have this guy on your podcast. Like, he's mm. so amazing. Um, and, you know, I love like talking about sports. I love talking about, you know, how that pertains to life. And, and I know that you're a former athlete. And I, I would say current athlete too because I yeah. you don't have to play a professional sport to call yourself an athlete my kids will challenge um, that my kids like so. to make fun of me but yeah I'm still an athlete <laughs> yeah um, and that we have a lot in, co- in, in common in the way that we like live our lives and the things that we do. And so she was super inspired by you and she was like, you got to get this guy on the podcast. And luckily you said yes. And so here we are today. Hey, it's good. Serendipitous. Good people uh, find good people. That's right. It's right. Um, yeah. So you've got quite quite an incredible story. I've done, you know, some research about you and who you are and um I'm really just impressed. And so I kind of want to let's be I like to begin at the beginning um and kind of how you grew up and the circumstances you were in. And I think there's a lot of people out there um specifically who listen to this podcast who might feel stuck um around circumstances and I think like you're a great example. Like your tagline is is making shift happen and that's the yeah. the title of your newest book. So uh let's talk about who Anthony Trucks is and how you let's made shift happen in your life. 
Yeah, let's just open the, the whole entire <laughs> box, man. Um, well, yeah, I, I think the cool thing is, in my opinion, like life is supposed to be uh, difficult in certain aspects. I have a picture over here I got that says smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. And and I embrace mm. that in my life. Difficulty is kind of a thing that I've, it's like a badge of honor after a certain point of time. Not that I, I like it all. <laughs> Nobody likes to have it, but you could appreciate it. And it started for me at a real young age. So at three years old, my biological mom gave me and my siblings away into the foster care system. And so we endured a lot, uh, beaten, starved, tortured, a lot of weird stuff. This is all before six years old from like three to six. Then at six was placed into my family, which is still my current family. The unique thing is I'm an African-American man in an all white family, grew up in a non-diverse area. So identity has been this kind of weird thing that I've always battled with. Back then, I didn't know what to call it, but just felt out of place. So anyone that's felt out of place, like they didn't matter, like they were like less than, that's how I started my journey. So yeah, it was the beginnings at, at 11 years after after being in the system, at the age of 14, I was finally adopted by this family. So I kind of had a little bit more like that feeling of like, okay, I'm home. You know, I didn't really have that feeling of this is my home until I was like, okay, this place I woke up, I for sure, I get to go to bed here. And so when I first had that, it gave me this, this itch of like, oh, maybe there's more to my life. And then started a whole other journey of like, okay, what do I do? Like, what do I have skills at? And that's a whole other box to unpack that we all have to unpack is how, how do I find a, a way in this world? And started that journey, a lot of ups and downs that did lead to some cool things in time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's got to be rough on on anyone to experience that kind of instability um, and have instability be all that you know uh, for, you yeah. know, the foundation, the formative years of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really challenging. That's difficulty or difficult. Yeah. We all have those things. It's, 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 it's almost the it's what they say. A buddy of mine, Dave Hollis, says that it's the price of admission. You know, like, like the difficulty and hardship is a price of admission for a good life. And so, so we all have it, you know, it's relative to each because some people go, oh, man, that's a really tough childhood. I, I can't imagine. But for me, I've, I've got to a point of realizing there are people who will call, you know, had a nice home, but at the end of the day is relative. You know, what's difficult to my kids emotionally meets the level that was difficult to me. It's weird to look at it that way because they have a great life, but it's relative. And so I, I don't look at myself as like, oh, I had it way worse. It's, you know, if you look at it comparatively, like, oh yeah, but emotionally, it could be the same, if not harder for somebody else who didn't have the same kind of experience. Right. I completely agree with that. Um, but I love what you said about the rough seas never made or calm seas never made great sailors. True. Because, you, yeah. you know, I'm a soul cycle instructor and I always, everything goes back, I feel like, to the bike for me, right? And and uh, <laughs> yeah. climbing a hill and, and things like that. And I, I oftentimes will say, uh, sometimes we have to choose the path of most resistance and we have to yeah. do that on purpose. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I just I just got done filming something here and it's talking about failure. I have this this process called reframing failure. And I literally explain to people those who have success desire hardships. It's it's like a palpable desire, like the thought of getting the bike and pushing yourself and the, the difficulty. You actually at this point enjoy it. You know, like it's just mm-hmm. like lifting weights and life is no different. When you want to have a great relationship, try to have the hard conversations to get them out of the way or learn the skill of communication. If you want to have a great business, try to do the things you're not good at that are going to be difficult. Find a way to actually enjoy them because then you start enjoying the process. Because if you enjoy the hardship and the positives, it's all enjoyable in a weird way. Yeah, in a weird way. Totally. Yeah. Um, and and that's something we've all heard a million times too, like, right? Fall in love with the process, fall in love with the process. But 
people don't just say it just to say it. They don't say it just because no. it sounds good. Like it's a real, a real true thing. And falling in love mm. with your process is where your power is. It truly is that moment, that day to day, like, you know, making, putting one foot in front of the other and taking the small steps and the baby steps and those things. And all of a sudden you look up and you're at the top of your mountain. That's like where the actual power is. That's where the actual magic is. Um, and, and it's not easy and, and falling in love with the fact that it isn't easy is, is, is a, is a skill, right? It's not something that we just wake up and know how to do. It's something that we learn over time and realize over time that, that, like I said, it's where the magic actually is hiding. Yeah, it always is. That's the, because it's like the magic is hiding, but also I think the ability to extract the lesson you can reapply. That's, yeah. that's the weird thing I think people aren't understanding is like every time they go, oh, I, I tried this thing and I don't, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, you don't. But you actually, because you do this thing at the end of this thing, you have a backpack with more tools in it. And so they think they're going to approach the next thing later on at square one. It's like, no, you're coming through with all these tools you've been gathering and tinkering with. And if you just open the backpack, you go, oh, wait, I am kind of awesome. I do have some cool things floating around. And and you can, if you just look at that way, you can actually enjoy pursuing more hardships. I agree. And also, I don't think we realize how many of our traits are transferable in different careers, different things. Like we don't realize like that backpack, right? It's like, you got to open it up and like really check Mm -hmm. what's, what's in there. Because a lot of times we're like, okay, people will will think to themselves, I've been doing X, Y, Z for so many years of my life. You know, a career shift seems absolutely impossible, but it's like, well, like break down what it is that you actually do and what parts of you and what pieces of you, what characteristics of you that you actually call on in that day-to-day job or what career or what have you. And there's so much of that that's transferable into a different career that like we sometimes can't see because we put these blinders yeah. on, you know, oh, always. open the backpack. Like you said, I like that. Yeah. It's an identity thing. This is, I mean, that happened to me heavily. Like after, you know, getting football situation, like I tried my first year, I went to get a college scholarship, played in college, had a kid in college, met my real dad, but I got the NFL. NFL in the third year, tore my shoulder, came home. Now, climbing to that level, the highest in the world, I gathered a ton of intangibles, just like you're talking about, but I identified as a football player, and that was the extent of it. And when you have this identity that's locked into the thing you do, when you can no longer do that thing, you lose a sense of strength or confidence or capability when realistically, my ability to be punctual, just the punctuality of my life is something that most people don't have, right? It's the aspect of how do I communicate? How do I take feedback in certain ways? These intangibles, when I learned to transfer them to what I do now, it was like rocket fuel. It's kind of that thing where people, like you're saying, they don't realize that these are all transferable skills. But unfortunately, you put yourself in this bucket and say, it only applies to that. And I'm like, no, football applies to me being a gardener. If I wanted to, you know, it can apply to anything, but you have to try to do that. If you just sit back and go, I'm no good because I'm not doing that thing anymore, you lose sight of all the great things you have. Wow. Yeah. I mean, coming from a guy, I mean, you're you're really just known for helping people shift their identities. And I think, mm-hmm. is that true? Because you've had so many of your own and had to to pick yourself up again and, and, and re-identify who you are and what you you know, care about or stand for or whatever, what have you, um, and realizing that you're more than a football jersey. Uh, yeah. So how do, how do you, how did you pull yourself out of that? And I'm yeah. sure there was <laughs> depression that came, you know? Oh yeah. Just suicidal, man. I was suicidal for a moment. I mean, we're going to go, we'll go real. I'm, I'm a transparent guy. I would I think, prefer it. Yeah, we'd all prefer it. I think it took me a lot of years to get to the point of realizing that the things that I, I wanted to keep close to the vest are the things that were hurting 
other individuals like didn't give them what they needed to connect. So there was a moment in time I came back to the NFL and I was married to my high school sweetheart. We had two more kids. We had three all together and I had no sense of self outside of football. And so I was like, I got to find this guy again and be great again. And so I drove myself into a gym business. And next thing I know, nine months in, I have don't know what I'm doing in business. So I'm looking at bankruptcy. I'm divorced. Uh, you know, our marriage falls apart completely. I'm not a good parent. I'm out of shape, like nothing. Everything I made Anthony Anthony was gone. And so when you wake up one day and you go, I don't feel like I provide anything to this world and I have to keep experiencing this pain you question why you're here. And, and I got to that point of like, what am I doing? Like, this is, I don't want to do this. And so at one point after a, a late night, I, I text my friends and family and said, please tell my kids who their father was. And I just took off, had every intention of finding rat poison, but thankfully there's no stores open. I just kind of sat in this parking lot and the pain kind of subsided, we'll call it, because it had spiked real high. And, and I kind of had this moment of like, I got to figure something out. This can't be life. And I wish I could say that was the catalyst moment. Like, I wish I could be like, that's the one that woke me up. It wasn't. It took me years, like three more years for me to get to a moment when my adoptive mom passed away from multiple sclerosis to go, I am not living this life right. Like, this is not, this is not going in the direction that, that she wanted to, that I wanted to. I'm talking three years. And then I made a choice. I'm like, I'm going to give two promises. I said, one mom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to fix my life. Because at this point, I'm living in a 500 square foot studio apartment. My kids are sleeping on an air mattress next to my bed. It's just crazy. It's, it, it is. I, I, I do feel it. It's, it's, uh, now you're making me feel it. Uh, and it's not that I don't want to feel it because I can talk right. about it, but, but it was real. It's real life. You know? And you get to these points where I'm just, I, I didn't like me. And I wish I could say that my mom passing was the single catalyst. Cause the second promise I gave was like, once I fix my life, I'm going to do it for other people. Somehow I worked in a gym. I own this gym. I'm like, I'll just try to do it there. And I wish I again could say that was the moment, but it wasn't. And the real moment, the one that everybody will get to, and I hope that people get to it and feel it is I woke up on new year's day, January 1st, 2016. And I walk in the bathroom. I was, there's some strange woman in the bed that I'd flown out from Russia. Don't ask me how that all happened. <laughs> yeah. But I, I walk into the bathroom and I like, I'm hung over. I got hookah in my mouth. We've been smoking hookah. And I just look, look at myself and I was ashamed. Like the depths of shame. I was in my head. I'm like, I would never want my daughter to be with a man like me. I would never want my boys to emulate me. My mom would not approve and as a man of faith, I'd fallen so far from my faith. I'm like, my God wouldn't let me into heaven. And that was the moment. It was this, this quiet by myself, no crazy catalyst. Like this trajectory I'm heading down, I do not want to see the end of this path. It's not going anywhere good. And that was it. And then in the next 10 months of my life was the very first like intentional identity shift where I, I did the things, here's what I did. And I think people... I got to hear this because it's one of these things where if you can frame this and understand this, you'll see where your, your stoppage has been. The biggest thing I realized was I didn't like me. And to, to be a, a better guy or feel like I was somebody great, I was going to have to do different things. But they were out of character. You know, apologizing for my, my part of my marriage, admitting to being a horrible father, being the reason the business wasn't going very well. Why I was out of shape? Owning those things because I, for the first time, accepted that I was the common denominator in all of my problems. Mm-hmm. You like like to dish them out. I want to give it to you. It's the market, the situation. I'm busy, but it's like, no, either I'm allowing it or I'm creating it. And when I owned that, I was like, all right, I got to do something. And the things I was, I was asking myself to do, it's a weird way to say it, were things that made my skin crawl. 
Like they just felt so weird and people go typically, I don't want to act out of character, but I go, well, what if your character sucks? Right. What if, what if it does? And that was me. And so I started doing things that were different and it's funny because it was a time thing. 10 months later, remarried my ex-wife after three years divorce. And it's been a trajectory to now I did TV shows and I speak and I coach and I write about it. But what's odd is I say intentional identity shift. The first one happened at 15 and it was the same thing I did in the, my thirties. And what it was, was I did the things that over time were very difficult and they were uncomfortable. It's a creation process. When I first right. played football, I sucked at football. Like people don't get that. Like I was horrible at the game, but played in the NFL. Like I was like eight years behind my peers even starting. But one off season, I go, what does a great football player do? What's it, what do I want to do? What do they do? And I led in and started doing those things. And the more I did those things, at the end of the journey, right? It was it was a difficult process. People made fun of me. Trucks got butterfingers. Why are you doing this? Like, this isn't you. But eventually I, I did it so much. They're like, oh, this is who he is now. And when I put this time and energy in as investment-based humans, I wanted a return. The return wasn't just muscles and a faster body back then. It was a knowing that I am a great football player. I have earned this. I have done too right. much in the dark for you to take what's mine in the light. And that mentality showed up different in the football field. So I got to that level. I didn't know that. So when I got to the point of being an adult and all this stuff was going on, the marriage and the business, I'm in this moment now where I started doing those things. And I where your 30 year old out. self became your 15 year old self all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. All over like, again. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because we, we grow up and we stay the same in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah, we do. And, and we change, but we stay the same in a lot of ways. And I, I think that's <laughs> such a powerful note. Like sometimes your 15 year old self, like, you know, had it figured out, and, out. and we've, <laughs> you know, we 15 years that you forget that, you know, we yeah. forget that and, and going back to it and, and connecting with what worked before in a different scenario, obviously, yeah. but Mm-hmm. And usually wow. it's just survival. I mean, the thing is, I didn't realize none of us really pay attention. We're doing it's just like we we're trying to get away from pain, and we don't realize sometimes you're a savant in solving that thing. But then when you go back later on, it's like, oh, that was painful. I don't want to do it again. But it's like that's how you got here. So when I did it again, in my 30s, my life changed quite literally. I, I made this shift to where I, I it's hard to get back into the head of that guy like his headspace, what he believed, how he handled situations. I'm like, it, it makes me feel gross. I'm like, ah, he used to do that, you know? And so that's, that's where I can look back and go, okay, I walked through this. I've had a lot of them. That was one of the big ones. But as a young father or getting divorced or business stuff, we navigate these identities and we're not aware we're doing it and we're just floating around. And so for me, it was the first time I did that. And that's what's allowed me to feel comfortable talking about it, sharing about it, and actually have an understanding of what's going on. Wow. What about when someone wraps themselves so like the football identity, for for instance, Mm, like when you're wrapped so heavily in an identity, like when you're in your third, in your thirties, it was a lot of different behaviors, right. That were creating the identity that you wanted to shift and change out of. Right. But it Mm -hmm. sounds like, you know, previously when you're wrapped so heavily into an identity, which is like, I am a football player. When someone says, who is Anthony Trucks? Anthony Trucks is a football player. And that Mm -hmm. was just like your identity. Um, So if someone is, let's say, so wrapped up in an identity of like, you know, 
when someone asks who they are, they say, I work at such and such, and they've been working yeah. at the same company for 10 years, or they've been, you know, so wrapped up in drinking the Kool-Aid of that company and rising the ladder of that company. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, that's no longer them. And they drift into that, that place. Is it, is it harder? And, and would you say moving forward, you should be you shouldn't allow yourself to be all consumed in that way. Yeah. Like have uh, you be more, more multifaceted human beings. Do you know, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? I, I don't totally know if I really did. asked you a question, but you know what I'm saying? No, you did. You <laughs> asked a great question. I don't know if you know, but you did. You had a great question. It, it's kind of this thing where you do want to be immersed in stuff. Everything we do is a sharpening stone, right? But you gotta, let me, let me say that and come back to it. But here's what I want you to grasp is I did that. I was a football guy, left the game of football. I was football. It's like, it's like the fruit of your labor. I've done this thing. I've built this thing. This is the fruit of my labor. I'm the apple. And the apple fell off the tree back then. When the apple falls off the tree, like any fruit, it can last for a while. It can lay on the ground. Farmer can pick it up, take it to the store. I can buy it, take it home. But eventually, it will rot. And when that apple's fallen off the tree, we will eventually feel that rottenness. Like, oh, I suck, right? And it took me years, like like five years to get to the point of realizing, holy crap. And in this moment where I woke up, I was like, I it was never the fruit. We have always been the tree. And wow. when you can settle back and go, well, the tree was the one creating that fruit. The fruit fell off, but hey, the tree can produce better, sweeter fruit if you take care of the tree. You put it in the right soil, give it the right light, give it the right nutrients. So everything that we are doing in life, the career, the relationship, it's a sharpening stone for you. Right. It's, it's, it's emboldened, emboldening you to do greater, cooler things. So and you recognizing are not the that job. a tree does not just bear one apple. No, a whole bunch. It's a cool thing. Many. It's, it's, it's one of the things we do in our coaching programs. We guide people through a process to understand this. But really, when you get to the point of like, oh, so everything that I am is just being expressed in this career. It's an expression. Everything we do, it's a different expression of identity. How I am with my kids or with my wife or in work or here in this podcast, it's still Anthony. But I express myself in different ways based on where I'm at. And it's a matter of that came from different things I've done because I'm the tree. Here's a piece of fruit for us all to chew on. But I also got something else over there, some else over there. And that in and of itself is how we function. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Uh, how do you, my next question is, how do you not l allow these things that have happened, you know, in your, let's start, let's go back to the beginning, right? The mm -hmm. way that you grew up. Uh how do you not let that be a crutch, right? Mm, because so many yeah. people, I mean, I I have a moment in my life I remember vividly. Um, you know, so I have met, I met my biological father once when I was two. Um, and I'm so fortunate and so lucky. I've had an amazing father figure all my life. And so like, I, I'm lucky in that sense, right? But mm -hmm. that's a choice to think that I'm lucky. And I realized that later on in my life that like, I know people who have said to themselves, like, well, I'm this way because, you know, my dad walked out on me when I was two and I never met, yeah. I know I only met him once when I was two. And they make it this, this story, they make it this, this negative thing about them, or they make it this excuse why they can't make shift, if you will, if you will, mm -hmm. happen in their lives or make things happen. They, they make it this, this crutch, if you will. And yeah. I have a, a, like a, it's a, it's a, it's a whole other story, but I have like a moment in my life where I was like, no. I'm not going to do that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm actually going to look at it through the lens of I'm so incredibly fortunate and so incredibly lucky. And I've always felt that way. Mm -hmm. It's not kind of ingrained in my DNA. It's not it's an easy but, thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a gift that you could do that. It took us, took me, I say us, me, 
a lot of time to get there, but yes, it's a, it's a necessity. Cause if not, then you live, I think the world's a mirror to us. And a lot yeah. of us don't realize that whatever you put out is a thing that reflects back to you, negativity and weirdness and, you know, pessimism, it comes back to you and you experience it from the world, but you can only give what you have inside. Right. So if I, if I got it inside, it goes out. So the reframe that you did is powerful because it lets you live from a different energy. So you give it to the world and lo and behold, you have amazingness happening in your life quite literally right now. And so for me, I, I had the same thing. I had the darkness in me. Like um, my mom, you know, did that. My biological dad had no idea I existed. Then nine years later before he passed, told me he did know. People stolen from me, situations in my marriage, everything. And I had a lot of anger, like a lot of a lot of pent up energy. I wanted people to feel and had that retribution, all that kind of stuff. So the world was being a mirror to me, which is why I was that funk, I believe, for so long. I had the football teams cut me, ah, all this stuff. And what I found was a lot of the things that have happened to me or all of us in life, they come from other people. And when other people are involved, you have to look at the person, the cause, the, the thing that's putting it out there. And what I noticed when I really looked at it was I needed to forgive. Because if I could forgive, I could have different joy so I could put something else out that reflected back to me more positivity. Yeah, forgiveness is big. Yeah, so people go, how'd you forgive, Aunt? And I go, well, I looked at the humans. And logically, what I, what I found is the majority of people, almost probably 90% of situations I've experienced, the person wasn't trying to maliciously hurt me. It wasn't an intention to hurt me. They did an action that then resulted in something for me. If anything, it was selfish or, you know, absent-mindedness. When I saw that, I go, well, if they didn't do it maliciously, what were they doing it for? And I go, oh, they were doing it to solve a pain for themselves. They were doing it to fix a problem for themselves. If anything, there was a selfishness. And I go, man, that must suck to have the need to do something so much so for yourself that you are willing to hurt the people that you love. Right. And then I, I get to that soon Sue thought that he talks about is when you learn to understand your enemy, you love your enemy. And I go, man, I, I have a compassion for my biological mom who gave me way into a system that abused me and my siblings. And at first, like, how could my mom's fault and everything? I'm like, she didn't know that was going to happen. And, and, but at the same time, she wasn't given the tools by her mom. No one taught her how. She thought she was doing something better by giving us to a system that's supposed to take care of us, right? And so I was like, man, that's happened. My father, what kind of darkness do you have to live with your entire life to where you realize this is your son? He's done great things, but you aren't part of his life. Like that must be heavy, right? So when I get to the point of looking at all these things, I try to frame it like you're saying is, and I see it in that manner and how the difficulty was for them. I go, okay, great. Well, well what do I have? What do I have that I can be grateful for, right? I do have a foster family that loves me. I do have a wife in my life. I do have ha happy, healthy kids. I was able to accomplish cool things. There's a, a reframing on all the positives because of what the negatives were. And so mm -hmm. I see the negatives. I don't have to carry that same anger and weight as much anymore. And then I also, because of that, can reframe the positives and go, wow, I got here because of this. And man, this is even more enjoyable. It's like when you, when you, like the, uh, you taste something sour and then sweet, you're like, oh, it's sweeter. And so that's kind of how I've looked at my life and doing some of the same things you've naturally done. Yeah. And it's, it, all, it, it is true what you say. And I love that phrase. I'm sure you've heard it before, but hurt people hurt people. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's always yeah. been a powerful one. I heard that once and I was like, oh, like, I was like, whoa, yeah, okay, that, mm -hmm. that hits home. I, like, I feel that at my core, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Um, and it's like most things in life, it really doesn't have anything to do with us. And it has so much more to do with them and what they're experiencing yeah. and what they're going through. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
So you've been able to overcome some crazy odds to, to, you know, changing your mindset and, and your identity as you really call it. So you're now an identity coach and you help other people kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big piece of it's It's fun because of my work. The weird thing is people go, well, identity, like, cause no one in the world of ever has gone, woke up one day and go, Oh, I have an identity shift. Like it's never, it never happened. However, right. it's the root of all things we've done. Cause anybody that's successful, if I ask, Hey, go back to the time when you were unsuccessful, like try to put yourself back in that headspace. It feel like putting on a shoe that doesn't fit anymore. Right. And so Anybody we know has been successful has already made these shifts. We just don't look at it as that. We don't, uh, it doesn't stand out to us. And so it's been fun to, to really, it was honestly accidental how I even happened to cross this concept and realize the thread it had in my life. But when I did, I go, oh man, this is something that hasn't really been unearthed. We've talked about it as a society, but never really dug into how it actually exists or how to apply it in a positive way. So yeah, it's, it's been a fun journey and I'm enjoying every bit of, of, of having people literally come back and go, dude. I, I was doing this thing for this period of time and I, I just popped up and I go, holy crap, old me would have never done this. And I got it. I understood what identity shift was. I go, yeah, like glad. No, let me make it. <laughs> tell me how to say it easier. Cause sometimes people get lost in the mix. <laughs> lost in the sauce. Um, yeah. So recently you've been talking to your followers and a big concept that you've been kind of walk talking about and walking people through is a concept around guilt and how yeah. we can eliminate that in my life. So in your life. Uh, so I'd love to hear, you know, what your, your concept is around guilt. Cause we all, it's something yeah. we all feel. We face. all feel. I mean, I, I still, I think we have two types that I've kind of, kind of understood and I'm learning more about guilt as a whole because there's guilt and there's shame, which is I did something bad or I am bad, but I've noticed we have like toxic and guiding guilt. And, and first, before we even go into that, I think what happens, we operate every single day in a manner of either having guilt from past situations we haven't resolved, or we're doing things every day that, that create consistent, like building guilt. Like I know I'm supposed to be healthy, but I can't stop eating the candy bar, right? Or I'm supposed to work out, but I don't, or I know I should apologize in this moment, but I can't. And little things keep piling and piling, piling. And then what happens is we don't feel like we deserve much, feel guilty. I don't think I deserve that. So I don't work towards that. I want that thing. I don't work towards it. This happens in careers, people who are you know, building a business and they're working all day long and neglecting the family. And they feel guilty because their wife and kids want more of them or their husband and kids want more of them, but they don't, they don't show up. So you'd be surprised at how it trickles into building a business. It doesn't work the same way. I can't operate this way. Because if I have success, who am I going to celebrate it with? They're going to be like, yeah, you got success, but you forgot us, right? So these little things trickle in in a bunch of places. And it did for me. Like I, I couldn't build my business until I navigated some of this. And so the idea is, to notice where your guilt's showing up, how it's affecting your life, mm-hmm. and understanding how to utilize it. And if it's toxic or guiding. Toxic guilt, in my opinion, what I've noticed, it's the guilt that makes me feel like I am a piece of, of trash. Like it's that shameful, not helpful guilt. There. Yeah, like I just, you know, if you did something as opposed to saying I made a mistake, like I am a mistake. It's mm. tough. And, and it's like moms get this a lot. A lot of my clients are moms. They feel like, man, I'm supposed to be a mom and raise my kids, but I had this dream for this business and, and my husband and I didn't do the lawn or didn't do the, the cleaning. I'm like, ah, whoa, hold on. Like, it's okay. Like you're human. Go chase your dream. Like show your kids. And it's a reframe, but there's shame there of because I want this, I must be bad. And that's that shame. Yeah. And so that, that toxic guilt's difficult. And then I think the other side of the coin is what I call guiding guilt, the positive stuff. For me, I had situations in my marriage where it went tumbling down. I wasn't a great parent, right? So 
with my kid last night. Just last night, my son Torian goes, I'm watching a TV show. It's the season finale. And he goes, Dad, you want to play Speed? I'm like, no, I don't want, I want to watch the season finale. I'm into this. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, but that, that old guy, he would have done the same thing. So I sat down and I beat him at speed. And, uh, <laughs> but it's that, it's that guiding guilt to make the choice separately, which is a positive thing, right? It's like, Hey, right. I did it in the past. I'm not bad. That guy made some bad choices. So guiding him through. And so while that's a point of pain for a lot of people, I experience these things and I have it. It's just, it, it festers and identity shift solves it because if you think about it identity shows up in your actions what you're doing i tell people it's who you are when you aren't thinking about who you are your natural flow which is the actions you take yes the actions the reactions the situations responses and so what happens if i if i just the actions well then i start eliminating guilt in time so it's the identity shift that takes different actions that actually eliminates that guilt in time and that's always inherently been the thing in the background. I didn't really notice the language of it until someone called me and goes, Ant, man, how do you, how do you have your marriage so dialed and you're a good parent, you take care of your body and you got this business running with your team. Like, how do you do it all? He's like, I, I feel like when I'm gone, my wife's always nagging. I don't have enough time with the kids. When I'm with my kids, I'm thinking about the business and he goes, I feel bad. I go, man, that's, it's interesting. So I called other clients. I'm like, have you felt this? They go, yeah. I go, after we got done, was that gone? Yeah. And I go, so like, I helped you eliminate some guilt. Oh yeah. Like it was this whole, it's like, oh, so in what I do, we'll call it the pain is that guilt. The pill is the identity shift. So mm-hmm. no one, no one says like, ah, I want to make a shift, but they do say like, I want to stop feeling like this. I want to have more. I want to feel like I deserve more. And I want to get to a place of, of having all these things without feeling bad about having them. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really typical what you know your friend was saying they were experiencing like you know i, I want to do all this and i want to do all that but i can't get it all done and like it's, it sounds mm-hmm. very typical i think we all go into that headspace so that's Sometimes. just reframing reframing really what yeah. it is just reframing yeah. and eliminating it and it's well the thing is reframing it but then taking the actions to to go like the out of character actions that's what i tell people because the right. things we do are, are habitual and they happen. And it's like the evil we know is better than the evil we don't. So I just keep doing this and it creates more guilt every day. And then I keep burying myself under this area. So the idea of doing out of character things, it's kind of like the person who says, um, I messed up. I don't deserve X. Well, if you messed up and you don't deserve X, you don't actually fully go into the actions of fixing it or having that. So the idea is to go, well, I'm trying to shift who I see myself as. Therefore, the actions I take will be out of character. But in those actions I take, I'll show up as a better mom. I'll show up as a better coach. I'll show up as a better husband, whatever it is. And you do it little by little. And the more you do it, the more it's that investment. The return comes back as a shift in identity. And so it's, it is difficult. It does take time, but that's the goal. Right. It's only an out of character action until it isn't an out of character action. Boom. Right. Until yeah. it becomes just who you are. Who you are. Uh, so it's definitely goal. uncomfortable making them change <laughs> those changes for, mm-hmm. uh, for a bit, but, and then it just becomes ingrained in who you are. And then you work on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And because yeah. we're human beings and because we never stop growing, that's the beauty of it is that we get to continually evolve, change, grow all of it. Like we're not mm-hmm. stuck, right? We can never. view ourselves as stuck from time to time and we all do, but we know, you know, it's, it's getting to that place where, where we understand that we don't have to stay there. No, no, it's the idea right. of going, going through it so long. Well, the first day we are always on a journey, right? There's, it's why we, we as humans are happiest in motion. We're always moving towards something. 
And if you stay in motion, you get more joy. It's why people like we like making the puzzle put together more than we like seeing the finished product. It's like, cool. All right. I like the puzzle. Now what do I do? Right. So there's that journey to it. But the idea is like it's, right. it's falling in love with like the day over the destination. It's, it's can I enjoy this process, this flow to eventually get to that point? And if you can find ways to fall in love with that, it starts to turn life into a whole different experience overall. And then, yes, the things that were, were hard to do, right? Because in the beginning, the new things that you know will be beneficial, they're hard to do. When it becomes who you are to do them, it becomes hard not to do them. Like for you, I'm sure, yeah. soul cycle, right? Riding in the beginning, it was like, what is this thing? I'm pedaling. But it became this thing where you tried it and it was difficult at first, but it built now for you. It's like, I, I don't know what my life would look like without doing that. And that's a beautiful space because the return on the action is better with way less energy output. Right. It's just finding our rhythm. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything is difficult until we find our rhythm. And then, you know, we figure it out again and again. Um, yeah. So, harmony thing. point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about next is uh, this, this thing, hustle, hustle culture hustle and harmony. finding hustle harmony. Yeah, we live in that hustle culture, don't we? There's... I think social media butchered it. The rest, they messed it all up, man. They make everybody look like they got to be like on jets and traveling and like, I'm half the time I'm in my house, big chilling. Like I enjoy, <laughs> enjoy my time down. I earn it. But I, I find that, like right. I said, we are happiest in motion. I love creating. I love developing design. There's something to like being in motion of like every, the world melts away and I'm in love with, with what's happening now. And so we, we do that, but most of the time we're doing that. And when we pop up, we've, trudge through the daisies. We've messed the rest of life up while doing that one thing. So I found that while eliminating guilt is a thing we want to stop the pain, well, I'm like, where do we want to go? And I found that the majority of people that I work with, we want to be in that flow and I want to exert myself. I feel alive. There's got to be harmony in my life. And so what I get people to is that place where you can hustle and move and grow, but you do it with a great harmony. And rhythm is a phenomenal way of placing it. Because if you think about harmony, it's not saying balance because I think balance, if you put it into music terms, like I have the same, like same beat, same tempo, same note, but different instrument. It just sounds very boring over and over and over. But a harmony is like you have a, a different level of drum and then you have the hi-hat and you have the cymbals will come in and the trumpet. And there are different harmonies and flows and one might be louder than the other one, you know? And so the rhythm is saying, hey, this season, it might be a little bit heavier on the, the business, the drum of it all, right? I'm still going to go home and, and have an amazing violin in the background with how I'm loving on my wife and how I'm spending time with my kids, right? But at some point in time, like holiday season, we're recording this now, I am more with the family. The, the business drum is way down. I'm spending more time listening to the piano of just spending time with the kids and my wife. And it's all in harmony. And so when I work with people, the idea is the identity shift stuff I'm doing. It's not just the identity of I'm successful in business. It's like, no, the identity of I'm a person who has a harmony in my life. I, I identify with the actions taken to be able to, hey, hey I'm not going to do business this week. I'm, I'm taking some time for the kids. I've turned down already two $25,000 keynotes next year because my daughter's a swim meet. There's a harmony in my life. And so when I have that, it sits in a good little bubble. It's beautiful. And that's where I take people to, is how can you craft and create your own identity that creates your own hustle harmony? Damn. 
Okay. I like that. It's all in flow. Understanding all in flow. sometimes the drum is going to beat a little bit louder. Sometimes there's moments like when you're you're all in on business or you're all in on family, but it doesn't mean you can't do both at the same time and they can't work together and find mm-hmm. that synergy. Yeah. For sure. I That's love that. Idea. Um well, you have an incredible story. Um, I, I love what you do and I love that you uh, are out there inspiring people uh, and people have to pick up your book, Make Shift Happen, that is out now. It's actually identity shift. It's all tied together though. Upgrade how you operate to elevate that. your life. It's all it's all about making shift happen though. So it, it gets mixed up. You're not the first person yes. to call it. Identity that. shift. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Um, so last question for you. What yeah. is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Now the, the best piece of advice I would give my younger self would be would be really based on a concept of the fact that that uh that I am not wrong. I think it took me a lot of years to get to the point of appreciating praise. Like I thought that I didn't Mm -hmm. deserve it. I thought that because of the things that had happened to me and how it transpired and my mom, like it took me to my early thirties to be able to accept a thank you. to say I received that. It was very interesting. And so younger and I would say, man, accept the praise because when you don't, and you don't think you deserve the praise, you don't seek it, which means I didn't take the actions early enough to push, to do greater, broader, greater things because I felt like if I did get the outcome of it, I, I don't know if I would deserve it. And so I had I had to actually do different things later on in life. So I would have told myself younger, like, hey, man, like, you're great. Go get that praise. Yeah, it's hard to receive. It's very easy to give. It's hard to receive. It's a True. skill that, that we have to practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, receiving praise and not trying to convince people that we aren't deserving of things, right? Like, you yeah. know, someone will say, like, I love your shirt. And you're like, thanks, I got it on sale. Well, why you had to add the extra part? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. your hair looks good today. Like, oh, what? This? I just broke up. Oh, yeah, up. but usually like, it sucks. No, yeah. Just receive the, yeah, receive the compliment. Receive the praise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. Totally good. Anthony Trucks, thank you so much for being on. You were amazing. Um, and you shared so many, so many good things here. And so I hope that uh, everyone had a pen and paper out <laughs> to listen to this episode uh, to write down some of your, your wise moments. So uh, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Seriously. As a wrap with Anthony Trucks, I hope that you found so many pieces of this episode that you can relate back to your own life. Um, and I hope that you found inspiration to maybe get unstuck if you are currently feeling stuck. Um, and just knowing that we wrap so much of ourselves in into our our identities and knowing that we have the power to change that anytime that we want to. Um, and, you know, it comes in multiple different forms. You know, maybe you have that aha moment where you look back at yourself in the mirror and you're like, we know we can do better, right? I know I can do better. I know I can be more. Maybe it's having that kind of realization and conversation with yourself. Perhaps, like Anthony said, it's recognizing that, we are not the apple. We are the tree. And there are several different apples. Uh, maybe it's realizing that you haven't unzipped your backpack in a while. And there's a lot of tools in there, things that you have gained, power that you've gained uh, through the things that you've experienced in your life uh, that are transferable um, and just recognizing our own personal power. Uh, so I hope that this episode allowed you to make shift 
happen in your life. Um, if you want to know more about uh, Anthony, you can definitely pick up his book, Identity Shift, and uh, be sure to follow him on Instagram at Anthony Trucks. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, as always, I'm Victoria Brown. This is the Very Best Self Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Very Best Self. Uh, be sure to follow me at Victoria Brown. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for tuning in each week. And uh, if you got an extra minute, we would love a five-star review. And uh, please just write your heart out. Tell us what you, you know, what this episode means to you. Tell us what this podcast means to you. It means a lot to us. So that's a wrap. I will see you guys next week. VB out. Mm-hmm.